Welcome to Morning Rays of Grace, a place where we grow in the enlightenment of God's word and grace. I am your host, Angelica Walker, and without further ado, let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Morning Rays of Grace. Today's topic is Major Look. Have you ever, as a child, kind of played that game where you're with friends or siblings and you kind of uh, tell them a, a lie or just say a phrase or say something that will make them look in the direction that you want them to. And then once they look, you're like, make you look, there was nothing even there. Um, in order for that to happen, you have to tell the person something very intriguing, right? Something that you know is going to make that um, particular person um look in that direction and want to inquire more about the situation or just you know interest them you know if it doesn't they're like I don't you know I don't care about that let me continue doing what I was doing I don't really want to look in that direction but anyways what do what makes you look you know have we ever just sat back and thought about you know what makes us look at certain things, what makes us look towards God? Um, what makes us look backwards? You know, what makes us look at that X's page? You know, what makes us look at those, um, pictures and memories? What makes us look back at the bondage that we were in and even consider going back there again? What makes us look around us and see beauty that God has given us? You know, what makes us look in certain directions? So today's reading is going to come from, we're going to spend most of our time in Genesis 19 verses 17 through 34, but I'm going to break it up a little. Um, Stay with me, bear with me. We're going to get through this. So a little context on where we are headed in Genesis 19. This chapter is where God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because it is a wicked city, a wicked town, and he is about to destroy the land and the people in it. But he decided to spare the life of Lot and his family. So two angels are, um, they go to Sodom and Gomorrah and they rescue Lot and his family, um, from the town and tell them to flee and get away. So we're going to start right now in verse 17, and then we're going to jump down to verse 24. And it reads, as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountain or you will be swept away. Verse 24. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus, he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all of those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Don't you just love the warnings of God? Like, 
when he says something, he means it, right? But you sometimes you don't know the severity of going against his word. Obviously, um, the angels um, told them not to look back for a reason and don't stop, you know, and flee to the mountain. These were specific instructions. Flee for your life. Don't look back. Don't stop anywhere um, in the plains. Uh, flee to the mountains um, or you will be swept away or you will be swept away. And we see that Lot's wife was swept away. She was no more. She became a pillar of salt because she looked back. But why did she look back? You know, what was her intentions? What was she missing? What was she desiring? Was she desiring those things of Sodom was she already missing those things that she was running towards safety so many times um we're running towards God and then something within us um allows us to get our attention away from him and we look back to um our old habits this is uh repeated um behavior throughout the scripture um peter that was walking on water focused on the safety of god he lost um uh he he lost uh focus on god because he he began to look down and he was focusing on um his circumstances you know he took his focus off of god and we have to make sure that we listen to those instructions of God. I don't know if Lot's wife thought, you know, the angels weren't serious or something. <laughs> I don't know. But I know a lot of us also think think those things. And when and I think, too, it is the timing of when we look back, like now I can look back on some things that I was delivered from. But while you're fleeing from deliverance, you can't look back at the alcohol bottle. You can't look back at those recreational drugs. You can't look back at the ex's page and your heart is broken. You can't look back or listen to those love songs that um, breaks your heart every time because you're not completely healed. You can't look back until you get to a certain foundation until you get to a certain place in your heart where you know, hey, I can look back at that and I can give my testimony for it. I'm now in a place where um, those things do not tempt me and I can now see how God has grown me and um, where he has taken me from that place because now my heart is in the right place. Now my heart has healed and been made whole and I can now give my testimony and um, help someone else along their path of deliverance. Now let's read the entire, um, all the scriptures from starting at verse 17 through 24. And it reads, as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plains. Uh, flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, no, my lords, please, your servant has found 
favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here's a town near enough to run to and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, very well. I will grant your request too. I will not overtake the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zor. By the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So many times I have heard this message taught as if Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt while God was destroying the city, as if she may have looked back because of the destruction that was going on. Um, You know, she may have felt sorry for um, or, or grieving the loss of the city at that time because of what she saw or maybe heard. But uh, reading the scripture, it says that the angels, um, let's read 23, verse 23. Um, it says, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything. He said, I will not overthrow the town that you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. And um, that town was Zoar. And it says, by the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. And verse 24 says, then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. Then once Lot reached the land, then the Lord rained down sulfur. So uh, Lot's wife, um, she did turn into a pillar of salt, um, according to... um, a research or whatever is she did turn into a pillar of salt at the Mount of Sodom. But um, from reading scripture, she turned around when nothing, you know, was going on. No destruction was going on. She may have still heard chaos um, from the, the town, the city of the people in the city. But God had not done anything yet. And, um, you know, with that being said, what made her look back? What made her turn back when nothing was going on? Why was as she was fleeing to safety, why was her heart and her mind still back in Sodom? You know, what made her look after specific instructions from the angels? You were going to be swept away if you look back. And for her to still look back, have that burning desire to actually physically look back um, is is definitely something to think about. And let's talk about the city of Zoar. This was obviously a bargain deal that the angels made with Lot to run to because they specifically told him to go to the mountains. And he was saying, hey, no, uh, the disaster will overtake me and I will die. Um, look, there's a land right here that I can run to and it's small. So maybe Lot and his wife were thinking the same thing. Hey, uh, God is about 
out to destroy this. And he's not even going to let us get to the place of safety. How many times do we think that God is not going to get us to the place of safety before he starts destroying things? If he is God enough to take you out of destruction, he's God enough to lead you to safety. So God is good enough to get you to safety. He's gracious enough to allow to wait to um, allow you to get to safety and then start destroying those things from your heart, then start destroying those um, thoughts. And sometimes safety looks small for us. You know, God's safety is um, above what we can even imagine, you know, the size of a mountain. But Lot was like, hey, no, um, this is small. And then it was like, as if he was um, trying to convince the angels that it was small. He said, um, it is very small, isn't it? And I'm pretty sure they're like, yeah, yeah, it is. But that is not where I want you to go. But they wanted to do this so quickly that, um, you know, they allowed this to happen. They allowed for him, um, to flee to Zoar, um, you know, there, there can be many reasons. What if he, you know, was in the position of his wife while they were fleeing to the mountains, he may have gotten weary and turned around and then was destroyed. You know, we, we don't know the if, ands and buts about the whole story, but we do know that Lot's mindset was very, uh, was much smaller than what God's um, mindset was at that time. And he he didn't think God was obviously good enough to get him to safety because he said that this disaster will overtake me and I'll die. So um, a lot of times we think that we're still not in the safety zone with God, uh, we, that he's not good enough to rescue us fully. You know, hey, he'll take us out, but he, he's not going to keep us going. He will. And he's good enough to do it. Let's read verse 30 that reads, Lot and his two daughters left Zoar and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. So it looks like, you know, Lot finally um, came to his senses and fled to the mountains. Um he may have been afraid um, because, you know, the plant, that area was still, you know, fairly close to Sodom and Gomorrah. He probably saw the danger that came to that area. And God originally told him to flee to another area. So maybe that is why. But we do know that he eventually um, moved to the location that God was telling him to move. I also want to travel back in time <laughs> to read a verse, uh, two verses in Genesis 13. So Lot and Abraham, um, uncle and uh, nephew, they were, you know, together. Uh, their family was growing and Abraham, um, who was named Abram at this time, he wanted to separate because obviously things were getting a little hectic 
it was a, a tight space. It was becoming a tight space for both families. So Abraham was like, hey, if you go to the left, I go to the right. If you go to the right, I go to the left. But obviously we have to separate because we are growing too big for this area. Let's read chapter 13, verse 10 and 11. It says, Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zoar was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men um, parted company. So Lot looked, you know, he looked around for the best thing. What is making him look Obviously, he wanted the best thing. He wanted the well-watered land. He wanted the best land there was. So he had ties with Zoar. You know, he had um, he he wanted what looked best for him, and his eyes were was on that specific thing. So he chose for himself. It says so. Lot chose for himself the whole plain. You know, he didn't make. Uh, this decision based on Abraham or anything. This was what his heart desired. And even then Sodom was wicked. It was a wicked place. Um, there was sin all over <laughs> the place, but Lot chose it because it was eye worthy. And last but not least, let's not forget about Father Abraham. Let's start at verse 27 in chapter 19. It says early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down towards Sodom and Gomorrah, towards all the land and the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities <clears throat> of the plain, he remembered Abraham and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. So context, back in Genesis 18, Abraham, well, the Lord told Abraham that he was going to destroy the city, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham interceded for the city. He knew that Lot was there, so he interceded. Uh, he's he went all the way down to 10. Hey, if there are 10 worthy people of saving, uh, will you then destroy the city? And the Lord was like, no, if there are 10, I would spare the city. But obviously we see in chapter 19 that there were not even 10 people worthy of saving the city. So um, God and his mercifulness and his graciousness, he delivered Lot, with, which is Abraham's nephew, out of the city of Sodom. And he kept his promise, you know, um, <clears throat> he never said, you know, I'll just, you know, he never told Abraham, I'll just save a lot and then I'll destroy the city. So what, what, what is going on through Abraham's head as he is looking down at Sodom and Gomorrah where he know Lot was staying and he sees that the city is destroyed. He knows that God is not a liar. So it, it means that there weren't even 10 people to save, but God is gracious that he was able to pull Lot out of that situation and save him. Um, so, 
Abraham had a reason to look at Sodom and Gomorrah as well. But Abraham did look the next day and he saw that, you know, um, the city was destroyed. So timing on when we look back at things, look over things, it matters um, because it matters for your heart and it matters for your safety. Um, God wants to make sure that we get to a place of safety and refuge before he is able to destroy um, the idols in our hearts. And we can't during that process, we can't look back at those things. We can't continue to dwell upon those things. We have to seek and search out God and his goodness. Um, so if you are, you know, tempted to look back at things that still have a piece of your heart that God wants to remove from um, from those spaces in your heart, think twice before you look back so that you won't be swept away so that you won't turn into a pillar of salt. And yes, God told us to be the salt and the light of this earth. Um, but and that area, it was, you know, it was it was near the Dead Sea and the Dead Sea was full of salt. And when it's that much salt, it it um, you become thirsty. You know, it, it doesn't quench. Um, it is not producing, you know, much of anything. It is dead. So we don't want too much salt. We know that too much salt in our food will uh, destroy us. And we know um, we just need the right amount of salt and God will give us that. God will allow us to be that if we allow him to um do what he needs to do in us. Let's pray. Father God, you are faithful and perfect. Father God, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for your life and your love and your liberty, Father God. We glorify your name with our life, Lord Jesus. Father God, I pray for each and every listener that they look towards you, that your love and your grace and your mercy makes them look towards the hill. Father God, makes them look towards kingdom things. Father God, I pray uh, that they do not allow the enemy to make them look any other directions besides you, Father God. I pray that the enemy is not able to trick them into thinking that there is something in other directions, Father God, that is more pleasing and more satisfying, Father God. But I pray that you will um, allow your love, loving kindness to continue to draw us closer and closer to you, that we keep our focus and our gaze right upon you, Lord God. So we thank you. We love you and we honor you in Jesus mighty holy name. Amen. Amen. Be sure to check out the show notes, uh, the Instagram page, uh, and have a great and amazing day. See you next time.